Good morning, Sean. It is, we are recording this the day after Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, my friend? It was awesome, dude. I really uh, had a good time. I'm in Minnesota. Represent. How about you? I'm in Maui. I win. Better place. More sun and more sun and ocean there, but hey. I went to the beach yesterday. Uh, I want to talk to you about something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last few years, but especially lately. Uh, We had just talked about this before we got on the show is reps. It is the core part of success for fitness, right? Reps. Mm -hmm. That's where the name comes from. For business, you don't get better until you do reps. And for art, you know, I've been posting a lot of reels lately. Most of them are terrible. My art over the last six or seven years started terrible. Now it's slightly less than terrible, but you only get better by doing reps. And then we talked about this show, which is, you know, episode 14. It's nothing. We've been kind of doing it really low key, not putting a lot of a ton of energy into it, but we're getting better. And it's because we do reps. So what is the importance of reps? Like, how do you see it in terms of like content, you know, business, which is where we, we fall that like merge, but then also like you're an artist. Yeah, that's good. Good question. I think as you evolve as a person, like when I look at it as reps, when I was a kid, I didn't think of reps. Like for instance, learning to ride the bike, you're just like, you keep trying, you keep trying. I think there's a certain age where it clicks, where we get like more self-aware of like, oh, there's reps or other people are doing it faster. But I love the analogy of like just getting the reps in. There was a video of Gary Vee that I watched this morning of him posting content from 2007 where it was Thanksgiving and he's talking about gratitude and the jets and persistence. And it's like, you know, other than a couple of things that he might have mentioned, you wouldn't have known that it was 2007. And then it cut to him to 2023. And he's like, I'm persistent, I'm consistent. And he didn't say reps, but like he's gotten in the reps. Um, I think keeping the mantra of, you know, trying to get 1% better or doing something different like I'll I'll put it to you this way so like creatively um I'll look at it as like constraints to bring out the creativity like if you only have a prime lens how are you going to shoot with that how are you going to make it better are you going to step back more or do more rack focuses um so like if you can try to change the mindset to uh it being like a challenge I think that's powerful versus just getting in the reps doing the same weight each time so Every time, you know, try to be intentional and get better. But I'm proud that we've been consistent with this and and we've done it. I know, like you said, it's been a little bit low effort. We're getting a little bit better here and there. And we're going to start having guests on soon. But just the fact that we show up, we're committed to it. And like even with all of our, you know, crazy schedules and traveling, um, we still find time to make it work. Yeah. And uh, I know this has been pretty low effort, but in the last week, two weeks. So I hired a, uh, a VA. She's been pretty good. Um, she's getting better as it really comes down to me and the things that I need to do. But we built out a guest prep sheet, you know, a Calendly link, a, uh, which you've started using a, um, a guest form so we can bring in bios and headshots and all that stuff. And then we're using the, the Riverside to uh, do the short clips and that's getting better. So it's coming along and it's, you know, What's interesting about reps is that when you quit, you don't just lose 
momentum, a lot of times you actually go backwards. If you go to the gym every day for 20 years and then you stop going to the gym, it's like in five years, you're back to, you're going to look maybe less. You're going to look like a slob. It goes away. So the game is really, I call it reps, but I mean, I also like what you said about um, goals, but five years ago, I did a podcast for one year. And what I found is the production was too much. And I, and so I quit. Instead of what I should have done was eat the cost, hire somebody and just like, Hey, you need to do the production and I could keep going. And even if I wouldn't have gotten 1% better every, every week, I could have gotten 5% better, 10% better over a year and kept it going. And then maybe the next year I had more time, it could have gotten, you know, 20% better. And so what happens is reps are important, but now I'm starting to learn. And I think I said this last episode, I'm starting to learn that uh, to outsource. In order to keep the reps going, you have to outsource the parts you're bad at. And there's certain things you can't outsource. You can't outsource your bench press. But with podcast production, you can outsource a lot of it. So not only did we start like practicing, now we can outsource the parts that are high friction for me that we don't have a lot of time for. So now it's like, hey, all we have to do is show up for an hour and, and do our part. Mostly, right? Mostly. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really interesting experience. I, I, I regret having quit because all of the things that I'm trying to build now are things that I've already built in the past and I just lost because I gave up, you know, I gave up on them. So this podcast is going to last forever. I don't care how much money it costs. I'll just, somebody's going to run this thing with me. You know, I'll get help and somebody will run this thing with me. And then on years where, you know, I don't have a lot of time, we'll do the minimums, maybe hopefully a little more than the minimum. And then on years that I have a lot of time and, exci- and it's exciting, then we'll, we'll, we'll do it big. Yeah. No, I, I look back at my career too. There's been a number of instances where I've, quit things and then I always wonder where would I be had I stuck with it and I think something like this where sure it takes time there's production I mean we're at the time where it's easier now than ever to do a podcast with all the AI and the tools and streaming and internet. that's why I started so, that's why I was like I can't pass this opportunity up I'm, I'm doing this for a living with Brandon I'm doing it for a living I believe in it I have enough resources that I can throw some money at it and you know, it's a little bit negative right now, but I do have a course coming out. I do have some coaching products that I've been offering to people. So if you want to support the podcast and you want to look great on YouTube and you look great on your set, you know, you can pay me to help you to, for both of those. You can, I can help you, you know, look great on set and you can support the, our endeavors. But I love what you said earlier about, you know, not just reps, but goals. I think about this with the gym. I know plenty of people that go to the gym for 10, 20 years, maybe not that long. But five, 10 years, they go to the gym regularly. I see them all the time and they don't get in shape. And it's because they do the reps, but they don't have the, that second piece, which is like half of it is intensity and half of it is goals. It's like you, and I think those go hand in hand. If you don't have a goal, then you're not gonna have any intensity. So just doing reps, if we just did what we're doing now, it's not gonna work. We have to say, okay, what's next? Next, we have to start getting um, outside guests in here, which is not a problem. It's just, I haven't tried. We haven't tried. We have a long list of people who will come on the show and talk with us. Yeah. Then we get guests. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm going to hire somebody to do better YouTube thumbnails. Okay, I haven't shared it on my social platforms at all. That's, I don't know, 10,000 people between my, all my accounts that will, some percentage of people will, you know, listen, watch. If we can work the algorithm on YouTube a little better, that'll grow. All these things that 
we haven't tried yet. So there's a lot of runway. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Like you just have to get the baseline down. It's the same thing with the gym. It's like, okay, now you're going. Well, okay, what do you want to accomplish? Now that you have like, you're in the habit, I go at every, it's like, what's the, what's the goal? Well, I want to deadlift 500 pounds. Okay, well, we can get there. It's just effort. It's just reps plus goal plus intensity. Effort plus goal plus intensity. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure somebody has said that before better than me. But yeah, it's really all it is. It's, no, I it's... like that. Yeah, and I, so I think for us with the show too, it would be try to get, you know, I think we've been fairly, con I know we've missed a couple of weeks, but either consistently on the, you know, once a week schedule or pick the same day and time. But I know that could get tough, especially with, with both our schedules because they're a little fluid. But then, yeah, once we start trying, I mean, I know we have a pretty deep list of people we could reach out to and start, you know, having guests on. And then I think that'll make it, that'll be like a next level unlock for us. Because right now it's like, you know, we're challenging ourselves. We're talking to ourselves, talk a lot about the same things, but having that third person and asking them questions, hearing their journey, hearing their story could be, you know, kind of unlocking another topic to talk about that we haven't you know ventured into yet yeah and it's more fun and yeah it's a life is a weird thing dude i'll tell you something i've learned about life if you go out to the world and you say i'm a real estate investor this is how i bought six million dollars of real estate i am a real estate investor and people go alex is a real estate investor they don't know what i own they don't know what i make they don't know what i've done i told them they believe me you know that's how fraud gets. That's how fraud exists, right? You tell somebody that's not true, they believe you anyways. So, but if you tell people, if you have a, if you're like, hopefully you're a good person, right? But if you're like, hey, Sean and I do the, Sean and I create Content Matters podcast. If you are an entrepreneur who wants to work with artists or creatives, if you're an entrepreneur who wants to create content, this is the show you have to listen to. If you go and tell people that long enough, it will become true. And we sure. haven't done that yet. So having guests on all that stuff will, and that's just good content for everybody. Like everybody, you know, we, we have some listeners now and it's like, what are you trying to do? You know, uh, one of the guests I reached out to a woman named Jocelyn investor of mine, actually, I was like, Hey, come on the show. You know, she's just now starting content. I thought it'd be good for us. Right. Um, It'd be a good person to talk to. She's just like, how do I do this? And I'm like, I don't really know, but here's, I'll tell you, we can talk about it, right? If she goes to the world and she's like, I am the real estate agent um, to deal with in, you know, central North Carolina. If you yell it loud enough, it will become true. That's what. You know, that's why Pineda's done so well. He's like, I'm the biggest flipper in Las Vegas. I don't think he is the biggest flipper in Las Vegas, but the person who is the biggest flipper in Las Vegas is not yelling it loud enough. And so therefore, Ryan's just blowing up. Yeah. Well, I think too, um, I've said it before. I think Omar El Takori was the first one to quote it, and I might butcher it here, but it was um, visibility beats ability. So 100%. You might not be the biggest, but if you're the biggest on like, you know, maybe he does a hundred flips here and there's somebody else out there who does 500 flips here, but they don't even post and they're not on social and everyone only knows the guy that does a hundred flips here and he has, has a huge following, you know, I think perceived, you know, that he's bigger than, you know, does more. 
Well, not only that, then people start bringing deals. So then you actually do become the biggest because then people are like, sure. oh, I'm going to bring this guy the deal. So if, if we, again, I'm going to say, hey, I'm the, I, I am at the forefront of business, entrepreneurship, and artist. I am at the, mer that, those two skill, those two industries, I don't even want to say industries, those two forces are merging. They've, they've always merged, but like never like this. Now everybody wants to make content. They want to look good on camera. They're like, what kind of camera should I buy? What kind of light should I buy? How do I, what's the difference between 24 and 60 frames a second? All these very artistic sort of technical questions. How should my framing look? You know, like this is very deliberate. So if I yell long enough and loud enough that I am at the forefront of these two forces, not only will people think it will be true, they will treat me as such and then it will be true. And it kind of already is true. There are a couple. There's the Omar El Khatori, but I don't know how much business he's done. I think most of his businesses come from creating content first, whereas I was a business guy who started creating content. So, and I don't care which one you come from, but if you yell it long enough, this is for everybody. Whatever it is you do, go to the world and yell it. And when I say yell it loud, I don't mean like into a microphone. I mean, say it every day, right? Do Go on podcasts and say it. Start your own podcast and say it. If people come up and they look, and they look at Alex and they're like, oh, this is the guy who creates podcasts for Brandon Turner. He creates a podcast about creating content uh, or create a, a podcast about creating podcasts. It just becomes true. People believe it. They treat you as such. And then it, if it wasn't true before, it will become true. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once, once you put it out there, people see you do it. You have the actions that follow. It's self-fulfilling bullshit. Yeah. I'm well, going to tell had, you what I, I am. It doesn't matter if it's true. You're going to treat me like that. And then it will become true because all the things that I wanted, which is to talk to people who are at the merge of entrepreneurship and artist artistry, all those people will come talk to me and then it will become true. Totally. Well, I've had, I've had a couple of people say that they've watched and listened to our podcast because at first I feel like I was kind of like almost like in the closet with like, oh, we have a podcast. Like I downplay it and say, Oh, we just ha we just do, you know, Riverside and we talk for an hour and then we post it and upload it, you know, but like, I was like scared to label it the podcast and then had a DM too. I know we've talked about it, but people are reaching out now saying, Hey, when can we be on the show? So I think if we continue to do it, it's just going to keep growing and growing. And yeah, that's well, you gotta, uh, we talked about the artistic process at the beginning of the show, but this is the. Of all the things that I've done in my life, I think I said this on the show before, art, uh, being, running through the artistic process is the hardest. From buying millions in real estate to deadlifting 600 pounds, the artistic process is the hardest because you have to, you have to do it in public. If I miss a deadlift, nobody knows. And it doesn't matter. There's no like, there's no real stakes. I have as much time as I want to go in, and do that. And it's a very personal journey. With business, you lose money, but nobody knows, right? There's lots of people in the world that lose money and they go on the internet and they're like, let me teach you how to do this. And they're losing money. That's very common, especially in real estate right now. But with artistry, what's interesting is the only way that you can get better is by putting your work in public every day. You, I do not believe that you can take a camera and go shoot right? Take a pic, a video of uh, an event, like you do an event and then like edit it and leave it on your computer and then improve. You have to do the hardest part, which is, let me show you how much I suck today. 
I have to share it with the world for the world to judge. It's not an internal process and it's not a balance sheet, like a profit and loss statement judgment. It is a public judgment. So you have to show all of your terribleness across your career nowadays online, right? It used to be like in an art gallery or in a magazine or whatever it is. You have to show it to the public. Even if you're shooting for individuals, you have to show them. And then you have to get their feedback and they're like, eh, they're not that excited. Well, you did a terrible job. Well, tomorrow I have to do better. So I think the artist process is the hardest thing that I've ever done because it's, it only works with public judgment. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with uh, content because it brings out a whole, they can be very successful in, in business, but they, it brings out a whole different level of insecurity that they've, a lot of them have not tapped into or had to tap into yet. And it's, it's your face, it's your sound, it's your ums, your ahs, your like, how long is this? How do I make this into great short clips? I don't know. It might not be, I might not be good at short clips. So now, yep, it just brings up all these, these new insecurities. It's not easy. Yeah. Okay. So it was either you or maybe Ryan Pineda that I heard talking about this, but they, and tell me if this was you, but. You're talking to somebody who's done like sold over a hundred homes and they've done six houses that were like uh, Airbnbs and they're just getting into starting content and they were talking about feeling like an imposter, like the imposter syndrome. That's one thing that I've seen um, with a lot of people, regardless of what feel like everyone always feels like an imposter, regardless of where they're at. But this person was talking about like, all right, you've sold over 100 homes and you've done six Airbnbs and you feel like you don't know enough about real estate to talk about it on the internet. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Because to me, like, that's a lot, you know, like that somebody with no experience, I'm like, dang, they're an expert, you know, and hear that they thought that about themselves. And, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day, he said, talking to the camera feels like public speaking for me. And I was just like, yeah, I could see that because, you know, you think that, you know, there's a there's an audience on the other side of this camera that's going to watch it. And so that's why it feels like public speaking. And, you know, with good editing, we can remove the filler words and the ahs and the ums. But that is the new public speaking, you know, talking direct to camera. Most people are going to be terrible at, pub at uh, speaking to a camera because the camera doesn't have body language. Every time that I speak to another human being, they have body language. And the vast majority of our communication in life is body language. I'm a great communicator because I use a lot of body language. I just, I'm just naturally good at it. But with a camera, I'm actually pretty terrible at speaking, especially like in short form, YouTube, whatever it is. That's why I script, a lot of people script because the camera doesn't, there's no conversation to be had. I have a very sort of malicious theory about people that are really good at speaking to a camera are usually somewhat socially inept because they don't notice the difference because they don't read body language good anyways. So they're like camera, human being, they really can't tell the difference. So that's like a little theory I have. This is why I think most people should do podcasts because at least then I can talk to a human being. And if you can, you know, learn how to speak well, learn how to, you know, get a couple of short form bits, speak in that like in good 60 second bits. And I'm not great at it, but if, if you can do those two things, you can have a conversation with a human being and get a lot of great content out of it without having the really difficult process of having to learn how to speak comfortably to a camera because it's not comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. It is awkward at best.
And I think most people are bad at it for very good reason. I don't think most people should be good at it. It's not a thing that you should get good at necessarily because it's so unnatural. And I, I'm generally of the opinion that people should do our, our best when things fit the human experience, not, you know, what the camera likes or whatever, you know, like some, some artificial thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least with the podcasting, you can ask questions. You kind of share the spotlight, so to speak, versus like just direct to camera by yourself. But I agree. Yeah. Like, what are they, like 60% of communications, I think. It's like language. 80. So, it's like 80. 80. It might be more than, it's a lot. It's like 85. It's, it's so much. But also the, the, the podcast beats imposter syndrome too, because then I can say, hey, Sean, what do you want to know about real estate? Well, how do you, how do you raise money for a deal? Oh, well, like this. Oh, well, how do you find a deal? Okay, well, like this. And you can answer very specific questions. When you go to the camera, the internet, and you're just like, let me teach you what I know. And I'm like, I don't know what you don't know. I don't know what you need to know. I don't, I don't know how to simplify it for you because I don't know what level you're at. So that's why I think it become, uh, why imposter syndrome is so prevalent because not only is this why, not only is this why I think imposter syndrome is so prevalent, but also this is why I think finding a very specific avatar is so important because then you do know who you're talking to. I'm talking to, sure, you know, Brandon Turner. Brandon Turner is an entrepreneur and content creator who wants to. Actually, I'm not. Actually, that's a really bad example. I'm talking to Brandon Turner ten years ago. He's like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to be a content creator. And I want to find a way to blend those two. And I want it to look and sound good. So how do I blend the entrepreneurship, the, you know, the dissemination of uh, the, the, the entrepreneurship, the art, and then like, how do I send those, those pieces of content out to the world? So then everything I say is only for them. It's the same thing we talked yesterday about our better life tribe. And it's like, hey, it's anybody who wants a better life. And it's like, that's been very hard for us to define. So we said, what if the better life tribe helped everybody get to a $2 million net worth, not including operating capital through real estate? We're going to make everybody a two millionaire. Very specific through real estate, not including, so like flippers, flippers without the business, like flippers that have a $2 million net worth outside of their like business cash. Very specific. Now, everything I talk about, it's not how to syndicate a hundred-door building. It's not how to necessarily how to raise millions and millions of dollars through Instagram. It's just, it's just, here's how you buy properties, and here's how you buy enough to get to two million dollars, which is probably, um, you know, it's 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 ten million dollars of real estate with a twenty percent equity piece, hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think having the specificity with it is is great. And I like what you said there too, like just talking direct to the camera. And if I was going to talk about cameras, to, you know, and make a video, it's so much, like you said, I don't know what you don't know versus if you're talking to somebody and they're asking questions. It's like the other day I was talking to a prospective client and she's like, I just don't know what, what things to talk about. And we were just kind of jiving on ideas. And then I threw out the, you know, you got the four F's. It's the faith, family, friends, and fitness, or food, the five F's. You can always talk about those things because those are relatable. And, um, and she's like, oh, I love that. Like, I got tons of things I could talk about for the food that I eat when I'm on the go. And I'm like, great. Like, that's something to talk about. And um, it doesn't have to be, you know, all real estate stuff. It could be 
you know, I think like even Pineda, it's like two out of every three are just kind of random because he's trying to get a, a wide net. And then sure. the one out of three is like real estate business. So it's like not everything has to be how to buy a house, how to buy a house, how to buy a house. It can be other topics too. And uh, at the end of our call, she's like, oh, wow, I just took like a couple pages of notes from talking to you. And I was just like, really? And like to me, I was like just talking, wasn't super prepared for the call. It was just more talking and answering your questions. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, wow, like that's kind of cool if, you know, you do have those specific questions, like, okay, then I can't answer them, but it's just kind of broad, random, hey, what, tell me about cameras. It's like, well, I don't know what you know. Yeah, there's people who, I, I got a guy in the Content Matters Facebook group who asked a question. He's like, hey, I just got this, you know, Canon RP. How do I use it? I'm like, I don't know what that means, right? Do you need to know? Uh, for example, this week, I've been testing with uh, different LUTs the standard Canon LUTs about for my camera because I shoot C-Log. And so when you say like, hey, what do you want to know about cameras? I'm like, do you want to know how to do color grading for C-Log 2 versus C-Log 3 footage? Or do you want to know that you should basically leave your camera on 24 frames a second and shoot at 1 over 50 every time you're shooting video? Or 30 frames a second? And, wh and why? Like, so I, I think specificity and content matters. Who you're talking to, what their problem is, Right. And anyways, that all comes back to podcasts make a lot of these problems easier because now I don't have to talk to a camera, which is awkward. And now I know how to help somebody or talk about specific problems. So it solves the uncomfortable awkwardness, uh, the lack of body language of talking to camera and the imposter syndrome, because now I'm not talking to arrogantly, like, here's what you need to know. I don't know what you need to know. Now you have somebody on the other end. It's like, Hey, what do I need to know? And I'm like, Oh, this easy. Yeah, totally. So I was watching a, a Gary V video, trying to get some inspiration before this. And one of the things that he said was he thinks Instagram is a little too oversaturated and you have to be so good and so pro to stand out now on Instagram. But there's other platforms that are still being slapped on. And I'm curious, Alex, what do you think of that? What do I think about other platforms being slept on? Yeah, like he was saying, like people aren't utilizing LinkedIn and Facebook enough. And I was like, okay, I could see that. Uh, definitely LinkedIn, but I'm kind of curious what, what it's like on your feeds and when you log in. We are growing faster on LinkedIn and Facebook than we are on Instagram right now in terms of Brandon's content. Oh, wow. Okay. I think for most people, they, I think the play for most people, myself included, is to, um, the days of five to seven, 10 years ago, where you just come on the social platform and you're like, I'm just going to grow an audience and I'll, and that'll be, I'll figure out how to monetize it later. I think those days are over. I think you need to figure out how to monetize whatever it is you want to do first. And so whether you're, if maybe you're a realtor or maybe you're, you know, you have a course, you have something to sell. If you have something to sell or a service, like you're in good shape. Now pick a platform, go make enough that you can hire staff. Because it's really going to come down to having help to cross, to cross um, repurpose content across other platforms. I don't think that a person who isn't making money from content should spend a lot of time moving around on different platforms and, and being you know, scattered. It's just my opinion. 
Gary Vee is, I pretty much think that he's always right about everything he says about social media. But I also, again, who exactly is he talking to? Is he talking to somebody who hasn't made a dollar on social media, doesn't know how, isn't getting traction, and then they're going to go from Instagram to LinkedIn? These, this, LinkedIn is not like a new platform where there's like a huge gold rush for this new thing like TikTok was five years ago. It's pretty well established. Is it growing? Yes. Is there opportunity? Probably more now than before because, again, every time you get, it's like economics 101. Every time you get saturated in one area, they start to, you know, they start to move around. Actually, more than economics, it's just, it's just rules of popularity. Anytime something's cool, people are going to go, find the next thing. So Instagram's really cool right now. Well, people are going to move around. LinkedIn has been traditionally kind of boring. So maybe people will move there. But if you're just starting out and you haven't made a dollar on Instagram and you're like, hey, this isn't working. I'm gonna go try something else. It's like, it's low risk, but also you're gonna have the same problem there, most likely. And then when that stops working, are you going to quit and go do something else and start all over all the time? It's like, that's not a strategy. So I think the answer, at least the way I'm approaching this now is my content has to make money. And then basically 100% of that money has to go into creating, um, building a team that can run those platforms with lesser and lesser of my daily inputs. Sure. Yeah, just stick to one platform, get really good at it, go really deep in that one, and then build out the team. Yeah. If you have nothing to sell, then it doesn't matter. That's kind of where I'm at now. That's kind of where I'm at with social right now. Unless you're like an actual true artist. And you're like, I just want to put my art out and I don't care. And I'm going to make some money in the other way. But if you want to use content for um, marketing and maybe you say, oh, I just want to help people this and that. It's like, well, okay, well, then you don't need an audience. It doesn't matter. You're just like, you know, you're just doing it. But if you want to use your content for um, marketing, then it has to produce a return. And then if it produces a return, you can reinvest all of that money or some large percentage of it. So, but it has to make, that's kind of where I'm at. It has to make money. Sure. So I had another cool story I was going to share with you on the uh, power of saying yes. I just got hit up by a guy that I met at a gig eight or nine months ago. And I did this gig similar to a lot of gigs where the pay is there, but you feel like you could get paid right here, but you still do it anyways because you tell yourself, all right, busy is better than being bored. And I'm going to make this worth my time because I'm going to say hi to everyone and try to be unforgettable. Met the other video guys that were there stayed in touch and now one of them just hit me up to refer me for another gig and i because i always kind of backtrack like how did i meet that person how did they you know how long have we known each other stayed in touch and it's just i love connecting the dots looking back because i'm just like had i not done that original gig and said yes i went to met him and then he went to referred me on this next one and now we have a meeting on monday and uh, just counting the small wins baby love it what's the gig uh, nightclub content for nightclub. So, dude, that sounds in Vegas. Yeah. What club? Uh, Sapphire. That's boobies. <laughs> That's Some a of naked club. Need help with socials. That's a naked club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're now a you're now an OnlyFans creator. <laughs> well, I'm, we're, I'm meeting with them. We'll see what the the things entail, but. They saw one of my montages and then he referred me and he's like, let's set up a meeting. And I'm like, dude, good for you. Also, if the um, girlfriend's not... cool with it and there's clothes on, I'm open to it. And then they're like, there's There'll clothes, be some clothes on. on, talk to the girlfriend and talk to the girlfriend. She's like, hey, if it's a good opportunity and the money's there, try it for a little bit. And I was like, okay. Dope. Good for you. All right, let's so, wrap. Thanks.
Cool. Um, Sony versus Canon. Sony versus Canon. Do you, oh, well, I, real quick. Do you have any Black Friday deals you're going after? Any accessories? Any Canons? Canon? No. Um, Canon this show... No, uh, I don't know. You know, I do. I do like the show to talk about the entrepreneurial aspect. But so in that vein, I'll say that my entrepreneurial journey started with you don't get financial freedom until you get financial responsibility first. There's almost nothing less financially responsible than Black Friday. So I urge everybody to um, stay the fuck home. Don't spend money. Same. Don't actually just another rule of money. You don't spend money unless it makes you money. Sure. So no, Sound I've spent zero dollars. From... <laughs> Don't buy anything unless you absolutely have to. Don't spend money unless it makes you money. Yeah, I love it. What about you? Did you get anything? Now, now, I'm, now I'm, I feel bad about what I just said. Did you get anything? Spending yeah, money? Yeah, no, no. I was looking. I feel like all the times whenever, you know, whenever I look, it's nothing that I ever really need or want, but I'll browse just to kind of see. I did see some lights that were discounted pretty heavily, but. I was just like, I don't oh, know if I need them. I needed a new office chair a few weeks ago. And um, I hate low quality chairs. And so mm. I like my, I have a Herman Miller Aeron. It's not a cheap chair, right? But if you go and start looking at like best office chairs, it is universally, universally um, and consistently ranked the best office chair that has ever existed by a large margin. And then I owned a, a Herman Miller Aeron for a few years. It's back in... Uh, in Virginia now, and it is not an expense. Uh, it's not a cheap chair. It's an expensive chair. But I wanted one out here, and I didn't want the air on. I wanted the upgraded one. They have one that's higher than that. So a few weeks ago, I did buy. They did have a. It was technically a Black Friday sale. They do it every year. I did buy a very expensive office chair. It'll be here on Monday. So I take back everything I said. But I needed an office chair, and uh, that one will come with me for Hawaii. That's a lifetime purchase. That's a once forever purchase. Yeah, office chairs. I feel like office chairs standing desks shoes and beds you can splurge on because you're you're going to be using one of those yeah and the cool thing about you know like shoes and beds you're going to replace over the time but the chair the chair is going to last for basically forever so it's a it's a retail is like it's over two thousand dollars holy smoke send me this link yeah. i gotta check out this chair it's the uh it's, it's the herman miller embody oh wow yeah, it's the best chair that's ever existed. But I got it for much less than that shipped out here to Hawaii. So, but that'll be here Monday. But other than that, yeah, wow. don't spend any money on, on um, don't, I, I had to buy a chair anyways, and it happened to go on sale at the time I was looking. So, but uh, as far as Black Friday, no, don't go, don't buy anything. Save your money. Save it. Well, invest it. Don't it save it. End, invest it. Invest it. Invest it. If you made it this far, we appreciate you watching. Like Correct. and subscribe. Comment below if you like Sony or Canon better. Let's blow up the Sony. Comment below comments. if you like Canon better. Yeah. If you like Sony better, nobody cares. All right, see ya. <laughs>